everybody. You know, I think um, as parents, guardians, leaders, pastors, whatever, I think we need to open our hearts to rewarding application and not the result. Because it is in the application that you actually see the effort that is made. So whether you get 95 or 40. (laughs) Hey look, I turned out okay. (laughs) I didn't get 40 in all my marks, but you know, just want you to know. (laughs) But if you're in the 40s club or the 90s club, God has a plan for your life. And... I want to recommend that don't settle for either club. Settle for application. Work your hardest and your best, all right? Thank you, band. You were awesome. Thank you. Really great. Thank you. It's good to be in the house today. Hello, everybody, once again. I want to say a quick hello to all the members of our church who are outside of Dubai. We want to bless you and we just believe that one day God will all bring us together. Not in the cloud, but in, in person. <laughs> it's really good um, to be in the house. and I love being in church. Do you? I love being in a place where people, I can hear people say amen. <laughs> Are you ready for the word? How many of you remember what I preached about last week? No, not just the title, but... <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, I am worth it. No, no, I didn't say anything after that. Just say, just say I am worth it. Touch your other neighbor and say, I am worth it. You know, many, many Christians, um, I, I was one of them, got saved into believing that I was not worth it. And God found me in the dump that I was in. And I always had this question, why did you choose me then? If I was the worst of them all. It's actually, it's not the truth. Because as we live our life, if people truly believe that they're worth it, they make really good choices. Whether you're saved or you're not saved. (laughs) If people truly believe that they are good in their heart, they really tap into the goodness of God in every single human being. See, God is in every human being. It doesn't matter whether you're religious or not. Christ, the Bible says that he was in the beginning before all things. All things were created by him. All things, regardless of what religion or race you're. It's a good word. I really believe that when you start believing that you are worth it, you will start living your best life. Until then, you will live a very meager and you will begin to settle for less. And I want to encourage you to really believe that God believes in you, man. You have something good in you. There's something glorious in you. You have something to share with the world. Don't just come and exist and then fade away. Come, exist, make a difference, change someone's life, leave a mark on the earth. That's what I believe. Don't just come and just be smoke that no one remembers. I want to go away. Oh, I don't want to go away. I'll remain here for a long time. You can stay if you want. But I I want my legacy for people to remember that John did something. Not just church. We changed the world. That's what I believe Life Church is all about. So, we're, we're, we've been on this phenomenal series, you know, uh, called um, A Mystical Community. Are you enjoying it? Yes. We've been discovering the Father's heart over, uh, over the last few weeks, but today we're, gonna, we're, we're still on that subject, but we're going to progress a little deeper. Are you okay with the deep word? Yes. Do you love the word? Yes. Okay, good. So, I hope you have your... your I don't want to say pens because we're not, you know, I don't know, we're a different generation now. We don't carry pens and books, but if you have your books and pens, today would be a good day to take notes. 
if you have your phone you have to be very disciplined to not look at your notifications <laughs> try to fast from uh, from social media while you're listening to the word i think it'll benefit you all right so today the title of my message is righteousness demystified okay it's a good word it's a fancy title but <laughs> i'm i'm going to i'm going to demystify it which means i'm going to make it simple for you to understand okay righteousness demystified so open your bibles to uh 1 john chapter 3 that's where we left off last week 1 john chapter 3 and we'll read from verse 1 again it says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of god so the word behold over there means to see with the eyes of your heart or to see with the eyes of the spirit to see with the eyes of the mind the writer is asking us to see not from the physical realm but to see from the realm of the spirit we are primarily spirit beings living in a body and having a soul we're not soulish beings living in a body and received the spirit after we got saved we are primarily spirit beings say spirit so your spirit has a consciousness that spirit that consciousness has an awareness or eyes are you with me so for you to say oh i i i can sense the presence of god you're not talking about it physically you're talking about it spiritually i spiritually experience the presence of god but in order for you to experience something you have to see it first and that's what john is talking to us today and he's saying behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us he's asking us to see with the eyes of your heart what manner what kind of love or preference the father has given to us which means the preference of god the love of god which is the preference of god can be seen with the eyes of your heart oftentimes christians have tried to analyze the realm of the spirit by by looking or feeling or seeing things in the realm the natural realm it's actually the opposite way of doing things in the kingdom of god when we look at what jesus says to nicodemus in john chapter 3 he says if you are born of the spirit and you are born of the, of water you can enter the kingdom of god and you can see the kingdom of god are you with me i'm paraphrasing that whole encounter with nicodemus Okay so he says if you are born of water you can enter the kingdom of God and if you're born of the spirit you can see the kingdom of God so which means the kingdom of God is in the spirit and you need to have spiritual eyes in order for you to see the kingdom so if you can see the kingdom in the spirit that kingdom superimposes itself on the natural kingdom and then as you begin to give it permission in the natural kingdom it begins to change So feeling is not the way to describe the realm of the spirit. Emotions are not the way to describe the realm of the spirit. You've got to be you've got to experience, you've got to develop fruit of the spirit in order for you to see the kingdom of God, to see the realm of the spirit in order for you to bring that into this physical realm. So, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, Paul writes and says, "The eyes of your heart be enlightened that you may know what is that hope of his calling he says the eyes of your heart being enlightened how is the eyes of your heart enlightened is when you receive light into the eyes of your heart where does that light come from that light comes from the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and this word was the light of men are you with me so when we talk about my eyes being enlightened 
Ladies and gentlemen, in order for you to experience anything in the realm of the spirit, it begins with a revelation of the word. So the revealed word, when we say, oh wow, I've received a revelation of God, what we're saying is the eyes of my heart or the eyes of my understanding have been enlightened. I, a, a tube light above has gone on. Do you know what I mean? Like something has, has awakened me to someone. So when we receive revelation through the word of God, his, him revealing himself causes your understanding to be enlightened, which means when the lights go on, you begin to see who you really are. Have you ever walked into a room where the lights are off and you switched it on? And when the light comes on and the light fills the room, you know exactly where to walk and what, where to go. But have you tried walking in a new place and a new environment with the lights off? There's an apprehension. See, a lot of the times, Christianity without revelation is an apprehension. There's an apprehension. Is, should I clap now? Should I say amen now or later? Are you with me? But when you receive revelation, when God reveals himself through Christ, we begin, everything within us begins to light up. You begin to see who you really are. Now the question I have for you is, do you know who you really are? We're talking about righteousness demystified. When you stand before God, do you feel unworthy? Do you feel like, man, I feel full of flaws. I feel like I need to confess myself. I feel like I, I made so many mistakes in my life. Is that what you feel like when you stand before God? Because what kind of a father of love he is, if he has to point out your flaws to you in his presence. Just think about what I'm saying. God as a father, he's really interested in loving you. It's that simple. He's interested in loving you. In that moment, would you give me an opportunity to love you? But we fellowship with our flaws so much then we fellowship with God that when the time comes for, for us to meet together, we bring our flaws before God. When God is more interested in you than dealing with your flaws. He says the eyes of your heart being enlightened. That word heart over there is the faculty of understanding. If, you're, if you've been in university or college or whatever school, there is a faculty that decides what the students study. Understanding, hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word hearing in Greek actually means the, the faculty of perception. So when we talk about understanding, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, he's talking about a faculty that decides what you understand. And so when he says, the eyes of your heart be enlightened that you may know. So what, you, what you're enlightened with leads you to knowing. What you're enlightened with is what leads you to a knowing. Let me, let, me, let me say it like this. When you receive revelation, you are enlightened so that it leads you, it leads you, what you're, what you're enlightened with, revelation, it leads you to an experience so that you can know him personally. Are you with me? 
So the purpose of revelation or being enlightened is so that you may have a knowing, a personal first-hand experience of God. What is the point of revelation if it's only head knowledge? The whole purpose of experiencing an enlightening moment is so that it leads you to an experience. See where most new ages stop, where most religions stop is just revelation or just they, they just go to understand the method, but the method does not lead to a supernatural experience. A, let me say this, a spiritual experience. It leads them to a soulish experience, but not a transformation of the spirit and soul and body. See, transformation, Romans chapter, chapter 12 says, transformation comes through the renewing of the mind. It's the faculty of understanding. When you receive enlightenment, when you receive a revelation, ladies and gentlemen, what John is saying here, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. When we look at that, we understand that we are enlightened in order for us to receive a, we're enlightened by a revelation that God calls us children. Which means he reveals himself as a father so that we can now experience what it means to be a son and a daughter of God. See, you have to come to that place where you, where you experience God as a father. Until you experience him, until you experience God as a father, you will walk around as a Christian with low self-worth. Because your father takes someone from darkness into the light so that you can become the light. Not so that you can be unworthy in the light. Grace, the grace of God is first a revelation before it's an experience. Christians want an experience before the revelation. That's why when you receive revelation, why do you place a value on revelation or the word of God? Is so that the word of God reveals to you the experience that you're about to have. So that desire hunger for more of God is not really hunger for more revelation but hunger for more experience. Have you, have you, I'm sure you've heard of this unmerited favor. I want you to know now, just think of this like this. All of us now were born after Jesus Christ, right? Yes? Some of you are still alive. <laughs> Is John here now? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> right? Most of us are born. Right? <laughs> we are born. That's why we're here. Oh, no, no. Just wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Most of us are born now and not during the time when Adam fell. It's not fair to say that I, it, it's unmerited favor. Because I, it wasn't my choice to sin. Just think about what I'm saying now. When I grew up, Paul says it wasn't me sinning, it was sin sinning in me. So the question is, were you sinning or was sin sinning? <laughs> sin sinning <laughs> please listen to me very carefully this, this will help you to understand why you are worth it a lot of us believe that oh grace is unmerited favor no it is favor because of love because you are worth it you did not choose to sin sin existed in you because of what was in mankind and sin was living itself out. You had no choice. You didn't grow up 
as a hindu you, you know you didn't make a choice to be a hindu or a muslim or or you didn't you know do different sins it was in you that came out from generation to generation you had no choice so when god saw you it wasn't because of your merits or a lack of it when he chose you it was because it was your time to ex- listen to me it was your time to experience his love he says now is the time that ricardo gets to experience my love now is the time nikki gets to experience my love now is the time now so for us when we get saved it's a very analytical experience but most of us run to church hoping to have a supernatural experience when god every day is looking to give you a supernatural experience so as you renew your mind with the word of god and you receive revelation it will lead you to a personal experience of your heavenly father somebody say amen amen so i hope you understand that right so the bible says it is no longer i who lives but christ who lives in me So the day you got saved good old you doesn't exist. I just want you to wrap your head around that revelation. It is no longer I, ego I me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The struggle that most of us have every single day is a struggle between living the life that you know and you're comfortable with versus living a life of faith. And when I talk about faith, I'm not talking about faith to believe in miracles, I'm talking about faith to live as Christ. Now, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 says this, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we sh- know that when he is revealed we shall be like come on now for we shall see him as he now you must understand that in this church we read scripture very carefully we don't just it's not just something that we just read like that this is life for us now I want you to read it Read verse 2 again with me. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it is not yet revealed what we shall be. So don't worry about tomorrow what you will do, what you will be, okay? But we know that when he is revealed, revelation, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Are you with me? So, I would love to submit to you that if you have trained yourself all your life to see through your natural eyes and believe it, then for you to change the natural would be very difficult. If you have understood life by considering the things around you, what people say, what people do, the news and economy and business and all all of that that's all all good but if you have developed your understanding I'm, oh my goodness I'm, years of schooling and years of college and if you had more than college and you became doctor doctor whatever i mean good awesome i'm really happy for you but you have trained yourself you've paid people money to equip you to gather understanding of the natural more than the the spiritual but you are primarily a spirit being now you know why christians are confused when they come to church do you know why christians lack faith when they come to church because when i talk about seeing in the spirit where is it it's in the spirit do i need to be gifted as a prophet to see in the spirit no What he's saying here. 
Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we will know, experience that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. So the, so the, so the purpose of revelation is for you to see who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to submit to you that what you behold in your understanding is what you've become. When we develop a lifestyle of of it being very physically sensory, our emotions are leading us, our, our physical senses lead us all the time. If that is what our understanding of the kingdom of God and this life is all about, Ladies and gentlemen, we're living a very inferior life compared to what God has called us to live. What God has called us to live is a very dynamic. We, we, we cross realms and have, have dimensional experiences first before we actually have an impact on the earth. But in order to do that, you have to first understand that it starts by seeing him. Who you behold, what you behold. What is your revelation of Jesus Christ today? What is your revelation of your father today? Because whatever you behold him as is exactly who you are. Not who you will become. It's who you are. See, when God gives you revelation, listen to me very carefully. You want to know what grace is? This is grace. When God gives you revelation, he's not waiting for you to apply it and then experience it and then become. The grace of God is this, that when you receive revelation, you have already become what he has revealed. Are you with me? It's a very progressive church. We don't encourage you to say, okay, Baba, now you receive revelation. Can you imagine how boring this would be? Okay, you come to church, you receive revelation. Okay, now go out and try it and apply it and all that kind of stuff. Okay, come back and tell me. Now I'll tell you whether you're right or wrong based on, you know, my parameters. And then everybody starts becoming like me. But what if I told you every time I give you revelation, the reason why I'm giving you revelation, I'm sowing seed of who you already are. You've become that. Because it's grace. It's God's ability to be transformed as you receive revelation. As he reveals who he is, you become that. You are who you see. Have you heard you are what you eat? (laughs) That that stuff you get. But when I said (laughs) biblical, right? I, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. When you behold him, just him now, when you behold Christ, you don't say, oh, I need to become like him. He's revealing to you what he's already transformed you into. It's a mirror called grace. That's why when we read scripture, the more I condemn people, the more they will be condemned. Why? Because that's the mirror. But the more I talk to you about who Christ is, and if you behold Christ, you've already become. Are you with me? Good. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now listen to me very carefully. What is your revelation of Christ right now? Is he Jesus of Nazareth? (laughs) Is he Jesus in the manger? Is he Jesus still on the cross? Or is he a risen savior that has everlasting life. He is blameless. He is holy. Right? He is pure. He stands boldly before the father. 
See, because whatever you see Jesus to be right now is who you are. But when you, when you look at Jesus today, when you behold him, what do you see him as? Because whatever you see him is who you are. And that becomes the place from which you start living the life that God has called you to live. He's not called you to live your life. He's called you to live his life. Let me repeat it again. Although you've had a good life so far, the reason why he rescued you out of darkness and brought you into light, the reason why he's transforming you into the image and likeness of Jesus is not so that you can live your best life. You can live the life that Jesus was meant to live. I'm calling, I'm calling you to come into such a level of freedom that you don't have to be limited by your old man. But you're set free by the new creation who is in Christ Jesus. Right. Now the question I have for you is if you see Christ without limitations and boundaries, do you see yourself like that? I want you to, to un- listen, listen to me very carefully. When you behold him, you become like him so that you can live as he lives. Are you living that life? Or are you dealing with your problems? Now, please don't get me wrong. I love vacations and I've used this example before. So I'm not saying about the people who are, who are, <laughs> who are on vacation. <laughs> or who are going on vacation. You know, I love something that Amos says. Amos says to me, why do you need a vacation from something you love? Uh, Good word, Amos. Amos, good word, Amos. (laughs) Right? If you love doing something, why do you you need a vacation? Right? Why why do you need a vacation from your kids and your your parents and your work? And if you love doing it, why do you need a vacation from church? If If you love church, why do you need a break? Why are you going through burnout? Oh my God, you know, work is so hard. Where's grace? I don't remember the last time Jesus saying his work was hard. holy (laughs) right I do remember the last time see the the thing is when we get our jobs we, we settle for things that are less and we suffer our way into a career that we want to love but actually we don't love it we're trying force God put love in my heart for this boss it's not there no no it's because you don't love what you do God is not in it I'm not saying quit your job, hold on. I'm not saying stop your business, whatever. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, you've got to understand that there's a reason why you are in that place at that time. God placed you there and you need to see how Jesus loves his work. I think I touched a a bit of a nerve over there, but that's okay, right? Okay. If you love what Jesus loves, you will never need a break from it. You will never burn out. You will never get tired, including the people that are sitting around you. All the character flaws, all the stuff. Oh, I'm going to another church. I need another church. I'm going to find another church. Sure, go find another church. You will get the same problems in every church. Oh, well, you know, they welcomed me at the door today. Nobody was there to welcome me. Why don't you stand at the door, man? Because that's what Jesus would do. A lot of the times we familiarize familiarize ourselves with the flaws more than the solutions to the flaws. See, because there's there's a way in which Jesus conducts himself before the Father, which is what I'm actually trying to get you to understand. There's a way in which he conducts. He is the way. There's a way in which he conducts himself before the Father. 
and I'm trying to get you to understand that as he is, so are you in this world. If your understanding of who you are is that you are not worth it, you're unworthy, oh, there are better people than, than you, me, me doing this business, there are better people in the company, oh, I can't, I can't talk, I can't speak, you know, I'm nervous, I'm shy, all of that stuff, just position yourself in Jesus in that place. When you position yourself in Jesus, in Christ, in that office, in that environment, in that family, now everything begins to change because now you're communicating as Christ in that moment. Are you with me? If you want to have authority, it is not by more prayer and fasting. If you want to have more authority to doing miracle signs and wonders, you want to grow in your business, you want to, you want to have authority over, you know, whatever stuff, uh, signs, wonders, miracles, you want to do all that kind of stuff that, you know, the church promotes. It's not by more prayer and fasting. It's not by more worship. It's not by more Bible reading. It begins with a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. That's it. That's it. I'm trying to get you to understand there's a way in which Jesus conducts himself as the righteousness of the Father in front of the Father. See, the Bible says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's not, I will be the righteousness. He's not saying that. He's saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the righteousness of God. No, 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 you're not getting it. I, I, I want you to understand what I'm saying. I am, say it, I am the righteousness of God. Think about it. I am the righteousness of God. Not I will get, I will become, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, not just you. You are God's righteousness. <laughs> I I need you to understand how massive it is. God took his righteousness and gave it to you. He made you his righteousness. You are primarily righteous. That's where you begin life from. Before the Father. See, most Christians... Engage with fear because within them, they don't believe they're right standing with God. Most Christians engage with unbelief because within their heart, they know, man, I was the one who made that mistake yesterday. <laughs> See, we familiarize ourselves with our flaws more than we 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 engage with who Christ is in our lives. And I want to encourage you. If you want to get out of what you are terming as sin, I don't call it sin. I call it an error. It's a systemic error. There's an error in the software. <laughs> Your mind is not renewed. Um, go with me, now this is not going to come up on the screen, but go with me to uh, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. Because somehow you did not believe what I said last week. Actually, let's read from verse 7. <laughs> this is funny. He says, little children, are you little children? Yes. If he says we are, we are at the moment. Let no one deceive you. He said, little children, let no one deceive you. You actually talk to mature people saying, let no one deceive you. But he's saying, little children, let no one deceive you. That word deceive in Greek means, don't let your eyes wander. Come on now. Now I'm not talking just to the guys. (laughs) 
I'm talking to all of us. I'm talking about the listen, listen. I'm talking to us about our spiritual eyes. Deception is not a natural thing. Deception is a spiritual thing. And he's saying, little children, let no one deceive you. Let your eyes be fixed upon Christ. Because the minute it, you take it off Christ, onto yourself, your natural, your problem, your business, your bills, all that kind of stuff, you are in deception. So good, isn't it? Now, he says this. He who practices righteousness is... <laughs> How many of you believe that you have to fast more, pray more, you have to give more, you have to sacrifice more, you have to do more, more, more in order for you to attain righteousness? Our starting position is righteousness. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning. So which means at the core of his being, Sin or the ability. Now, if you understand grace, grace is God's ability for you to do things, right? Sin is the devil's ability for you to miss the mark. So both are types of grace, the abilities. So he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works 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 of the devil whoever has been born of God does not whoever is born of God does not for his seed remains in him and he my God when I said it that you can't sin you should have been shouting See, the reason why you're quiet is because last night, pastor, you know. Oh, look at the heads going down. <laughs> oh. Man, I'm telling you, you can't sin. Now, if you're struggling with habits or you're struggling with errors, that's what I call them, errors. If you're struggling with it, the way you come out of it or come out of the control of those things is by beholding Him. That's it. If you realize that Jesus, if you come to the enlightenment that, that Jesus cannot sin, He does not sin, and you keep it at the focus of you, the eyes of your heart, guess what? Naturally, in the natural, you won't sin. Or what you term as sin. You won't have errors that make you feel guilty. Are you with me? So, does that settled? Is it settled? Life Church Global, if you're part of Life Church Global, you cannot sin. My gosh. Can I say something to you? The greatest enemy of mankind is not the devil. The greatest enemy of mankind is your old self. It's your old nature. If you can stay fixed on your new nature, your mind, the eyes of your heart, fixed on Christ, you will do everything that Christ is doing and more. Because he says, greater things will you do. All right? Because the renewed mind prioritizes Christ as the core of our identity. Now, I would love for you to go to verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. <laughs> he's saying in this, now he's going to show you what you manifest. Okay, so you are transformed by the word of God. You're renewed by, in, in the mind, you're transformed. And now there's a manifestation that takes place. Okay, are you ready for it? 
whoever does not practice righteousness is not of god no is he who does not love his brother what is his practice righteousness practicing righteousness is this when you receive you prioritize revelation when you receive revelation of god you you are enlightened to who he is and who you've become it is that person this is a lifestyle before the presence of god you live your life right standing to be right standing with god means who god reveals you to be is who you are you practice from that place you live from that place it's a lifestyle you're not going back anymore you are only going forward all the time the more he reveals the more you become and the more you become is who you are before the father to be right standing means in that moment before the father you are communicating to him from the revelation you have received are you with me when you what righteousness means right standing with the father doesn't mean you're right standing because of your good works right standing means i am in the right revelation of who my father says i am when you stand before the father if the father says you are blameless you can't go to him now in his presence and say father forgive me for i have sinned that's not practicing righteousness practicing righteousness you're a child of god by this your manifestation or lifestyle means this lifestyle of righteousness practicing righteousness means father as you who you say i am right now from this day on that is who i am and i'm going to live my life from that place until i receive another revelation are you with me no you're not with me we have to stay so focused on who god reveals himself to be so that we can communicate to him from that place you can't communicate you can't you can't go to him as yourself for example if god says you're forgiven you have to communicate from being forgiven you can't go then confess because he forgave me now i need to confess all these things that's guilt communicating to the father see there's a conduct before the father and i want you to know that you will be set free from so much of emotional and and so much of damage of upbringing when you just understand that you are perfectly loved by the father you are blameless you're holy you're justified sanctified righteous before him god doesn't look at you as if you have sin anymore god looks at you as because you are blameless get it here he chose you because he loves you <laughs> he loves you that's it Can you imagine all the theology that we've studied and this tabernacle that tabernacle this covenant that awesome man he made all of that with with the israelites But there's a new covenant that he makes with you And now in the new covenant he's saying listen I don't want to see you the way you bring yourself I want to see you the way I want you to see the way I see you Can you imagine how you would stand before God because you believe that there is not a testimony against you There is no one saying anything against you There is no witness against you And the Bible says even if your heart condemns you there is one who is greater than your heart Come on man isn't that freedom we carry so much of methods and so much of oh dear tiring carrying all that stuff 
just in your mind just let it all go just throw off all that religion all the drama oh this demon that spirit all that can just remove that rubbish because none of that exists in the presence of the father none of that has any type of authority over you in front of your heavenly father in front of your father the father looks at you the way he sees christ is that amazing he looks at you the same way he sees christ in fact he sees christ When he looks at you he's looking at Christ. Come on now. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God for he knows he who does not love prefer his brother. So the manifestation is as God has done with me now I am with somebody else. Are we okay with that? Right. Then now I want you to go to the same chapter but I want you to read verse 19. It says by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. Somebody said amen. and knows all things beloved if our heart does not condemn us we have confidence towards god if your heart does not condemn you you have confidence towards god if your heart does not condemn you So when I'm talking about your heart I'm talking about your conscience right now your conscience if your conscience does not condemn you your conscience remembers everything it it remembers every word every thought everything constantly your conscience is reminding you of what you've done now if your conscience is cleansed by the blood of Jesus who else is a witness against you so if your conscience does not condemn you you have confidence before your heavenly father can you imagine the conduct that god is looking for from you and me is confidence this is what practicing righteousness is all about practicing righteousness is not going to god unworthy but going to him confident confident that he will bless me in fact i'm just going to him to find out what he has blessed me with See because a lot of times we go to God thinking oh God bless me bless me what is he going to give me what is he going to no 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 I want to find out what he's already blessed me with He's blessed you with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places So I go to God just to have a discussion God what's next I'm so excited Can you imagine the life that we can live we go and hang out with Papa God and we're like oh, my father what are we going to do today Oh What an awesome day. Thank you for another day that I'm living today. But what do you have in plan for me today? What are we going to do together today? Because I'm I'm like Jesus and you are like my father and ah we love this relationship together but can we do something awesome on the earth? You see that's the relationship that a father and a son has. They look to see how they can bring transformation on the earth. They are not looking. Jesus is not looking, "Oh father, please bless me. Please bless me. Oh father, you know, you've made me born in this gender in this city and in this nation and I have nothing and nobody and you know all that kind of stuff and I came to your church and nobody loved me and all that stuff Jesus does not make an excuse to be righteous I have a I have a challenge for everyone for the next one week are you ready for it it's a challenge are you ready for the next one week I want you to do two things One Don't say anything negative about yourself. And the second thing is don't complain. You have to understand that you are Christ on the earth. If Jesus, just imagine now. If Jesus were to come on the earth and said there's no hope for these guys. or <laughs> a government man he did it with a with a fig tree yes 
He says, no one will eat. <laughs> he's walking by and he speaks to the tree and he says, no one will eat of your fruit. And it shriveled up the next day. Now I want you now to think of how much rubbish you've spoken over your life. I want you to take all the rubbish and throw it out. Because it's immaterial from now on. You're not allowed to complain or say anything negative about yourself. Is that okay? Is that okay? So if sickness is manifesting in your body, you're not allowed to say, I am. You're meant to say what Jesus says. I am perfect health. Okay? So that's the challenge. Right. So. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now, you have confidence before God. Now go to chapter 4 and verse 17. And it says this, Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Right. Just in closing, I want you to, I want you to pay attention. Now, it's very important. Practicing righteousness is incomplete without the community that God has placed you in. You can love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And you can love yourself, love yourself really well. But sometimes we put conditions on the people around us. We put conditions on the city and the nation that we live in. We put conditions on the governments. And I want you to keep in mind what the writer is saying to us. When we love God with all our heart, we're saying... We love the fact that you reveal yourself to us. When we listen to what Jesus is saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. What he's communicating to us is love the revelation that you receive from the Father. Who he is. Are you paying attention? But he's saying, what, he, what he's trying to say is love the revelation you have become. Love your neighbor as yourself. If self has transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus, he's saying put a preference on that self. Are you with me? Every time you receive a fresh revelation of who God is to you as a father, who Jesus is to you as a brother, as a Lord, as a Savior. He says, love the Lord. Make it a preference. Make Him the preference of your life. But then he goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. So which means you've got to learn to love self. Who self has become. Not who self was. Are you with me? And then he says, with that same preference that you have for the transformed self, I want you to prefer those around you so that they now have a fresh revelation of your heavenly father. See? And ladies and gentlemen, this is what practicing righteousness means. It's incomplete without the people that are around you. You're righteous because he made you righteous, but then he placed you in a community, a family, a group of people, even a virtual group. And then he gives you an opportunity to see all their flaws. (laughs) And then you make a choice to love them based on the revelation of the transformed you. 
I hope you understand that. You love your neighbor based on how much you have transformed. Not based on how much they are transformed. This is grace. When we talk about grace, I don't need you to change in order for me to love you. I don't need you to let go of your dirty habits and your bad habits and your smoking, drinking, whatever in order for you to fit in our church. No, no, you're welcome. You are loved in this home. You are loved in this family. You are loved. You don't have to you don't have to come to me and tell me, you know, I was a sinner pastor, you know, and put your hand up, you know, and give your life to Jesus. No, no, no. You don't don't have to do that. The Father knows all things. He knows exactly where you are and he does not consider what you make such a big deal about. In fact, he wants you to consider who you've become. And today I want to declare over you that you are righteous. You are blameless. There is not a single cell in your body that has a witness against you. There's not a single person that has a witness against you. There's no one, there's not a demon, there's not any angel that can say anything negative about you that can stop the father from loving you. You are loved. You are loved because he chose to love you. And in Psalm 139, <laughs> verse 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. It says, Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I want you to know that we have progressed from this verse. This is David talking thousands of years ago without the blood of Jesus. Without being cleansed and blameless and holy. We have progressed. We, today we, we create songs and theology based on search me, O God, and know my, know my wicked ways. And God wants you to know that he searched. And all he found was Jesus. Let's stand up. so much of a healing that is taking place in the room right now. Some of us carried so much of guilt and shame and condemnation. Oh, just right now the Father has just lifted off those weights. The choices that you made and the circumstances and the consequences that you've experienced, I want you to know that God has made a clean slate right now. You have a fresh start today. Fresh start right here, right now. You are no longer a sinner, but you have been saved by grace through faith. So Father, we honor you for being amazing. (laughs) Father, we thank you that we can come before you with boldness and confidence, Father. There is nothing that anybody has against us. There is no witness. There is no scandal against this church. There is nothing. There is no testimony that outweighs your love. There is no negative testimony or witness that can outweigh your love for your people today, God. So today we just open up our hearts, God. We open up our minds. We open up the eyes of our understanding. And we ask you to lavish us with your love today, Father. Give us a fresh perspective, a fresh love, a fresh revelation of your love today, Father. We're ready. We're ready to live the life that you want us to live. Thank you that all our bills are paid. Thank you that all our needs are met. 
Thank you, Father, for our families being taken care of, our bodies being taken care of. Thank you that our businesses are being taken care of because we practice righteousness because we are your children. The world will know that we are your children because we practice righteousness. We are blameless before you and we love the people that you have placed in our lives. And so, Father, I pray a blessing over every single person in this room right now. Every single man, woman, and child. That we will come into a place of strength. To stand boldly before you. Without any accusation within us that is condemning us. We stand before you boldly. Knowing that we are fully loved. It's time for us to experience that love. So Father, we set ourselves apart right now. We make a, co- a commitment and a covenant with you to set ourselves apart to experience you. Not through methods, but through Jesus Christ. Because you are the way, the truth and the life. So we're ready to experience the fullness that you have for us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. 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 You know the word boldness? Just in closing. The word boldness in Greek means freedom of speech. <laughs> and it, 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 it's this. I'll, I'll leave you with this because the Lord reminded me. It's not freedom of speech out of your character and your nature, your old self. It's freedom of speech that, that makes such an impression on people around you that they never forget what you said. That's what boldness means. And he's telling us, John is saying, not this, that one, that, when you, <laughs> that you have boldness in the day of judgment so that in the day of judgment you can stand and speak that there's no witness no one is saying anything against me even I have nothing to say about me in fact I have everything good to say about me so have an awesome bold week this week all right bless you church love you